Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm Bo Nellis, and this is episode 54. We're going to talk about inducing appetite or the dreaded munchies, depending on your perspective. But first, I like to open things up with a section I call Stoner Moments. And I just want to say after last week's episode, we had a very intense talk. I'm cool, everyone. If you're worried about me, don't be. Uh, I got, you know, a lot of weed. This is part of why I'm a pothead. It's part of why I'm an advocate, uh, why I refuse to give up on weed and education. It's also why ain't nobody ever going to take my weed from me or tell me that I don't deserve to smoke it. And, uh, and you know, I'm dealing with it. So it's also, unfortunately, just one of several tragedies like it in my life. Um, it just also happens to be the one that is most cannabis relevant that I shared it. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a really big learning experience, but I'm cool. And I think what we should take from it is, uh, don't drug people's drinks, like period, right? Like don't drug people. I don't care if it's a roofie. I don't care if it's weed. If it wasn't clear, don't do it. I don't think I've recommended a book for a good long time, but if you haven't read, go ask Alice. Like, fucking seriously, go read it. It's super short. It is uh, probably the diary of a young girl and uh, her early experimentations with drugs. And this was back in, I want to say, the 70s. So it's uh, it's a really broadening perspective. And it was recommended to me early on in my drug experimentation. And it really... It really set a mindset for me. Go ask Alice. Read it. Very good. Next thing I want to talk about, Marijuana Today podcast did their podcast on Prop 64 and a lot of the other different states legislation that's going to be voted on this coming November. And uh, let's just suffice to say we have a difference of opinion on it overall uh, they didn't really have an argument to convince me to change my mind on Prop 64, which is no on Prop 64, not because I'm against legalization or regulation, but because I'm against the way that this is actually written, the way that the funds go to. I don't agree with taxing cannabis to further the drug prohibition cause, and that's what I feel this will do. Marijuana Today's most convincing argument was that it would buy us representation in uh, in Congress, which is an interesting idea, but California has been a medical state for 20 years, and, and Senator Feinstein still hasn't really gotten on board. So it's a nice theory, but it doesn't always work that way. It doesn't always bias the numbers. We can actually just vote in representatives that actually support our position. That's something we should do. Yeah, I think let's start there. All right. And uh, good luck to all those other states. They seem to have good arguments, uh, two and four and and different numbers. If you are really interested, I definitely recommend checking out the Marijuana Today podcast. Not just last week's, but really any week. It's always good. It's always good, even when it's short. Uh, another stoner moment I want to bring up, going back to the first response, not last resort podcast that I did. Uh, I want to say that goes for everything. Like, 
fucking everything. I talked about my finger. Oh, and I do want to say that the next day after that podcast, I had a little twinge of pain on both sides of the finger. So I just did another application of the cannabis oil and it went away again. But when I do use a cannabis oil and it does heal faster, I will always notice like a really deep down twinge of healing that comes uh, a little late. When I think that it's already healed, it is kind of like taking antibiotics, like you feel better, but you shouldn't stop. And I always stop. And that's my problem. And I, I should know better. And I'm going to learn that even with cannabis, I think that's the best way to teach me is to make me do it with weed, right? Is that even after you feel better, keep going for another couple of days. And maybe you'll be better about it than I will. But I'm going to learn that good lesson too. And I, I got to say, it's still doing great. It doesn't hurt at all. The bruise is growing out. The space where the nail separated from the nail bed is really minimal, even though the bruise looks kind of big. I mean, I slammed it, so that should be expected. I didn't lose any function. Still playing guitar. Rock on. All right. And then uh, this is uh, the last donor moment for this section. I actually bought some CO2 the other day. I know that I said that CO2 buffs are kind of dialing in their process, cooling down the temperatures that they are using, and getting a little bit more THCA and certainly more terpenes out of their final product. There's still some conversion usually, but I really needed something to spruce up what I already had, and the best deal I could find was some CO2. But she promised me that the terps were there, great flavor. Uh, she was really knowledgeable. So I was like, let me think about it, see what's there. Nothing good was there. I got it. It was really good. It's still like, I just, mm, it makes me sleepy. Like it's not the same. It just makes me way more tired than a BHO does, which I just feel to be a cleaner high overall. But... When I mix it with my BHOs, it's really nice. Oh, and so the strain that I got was Golden Goat. And if you listen to my Colorado episode, I picked up some Golden Goat flour uh, via some joints. And oh, I loved it. It's heady, racy, super energy. I don't get that energy with this Golden Goat CO2. I get happy. I get relaxed. When I mix it with some BHO, I got some Gorilla Glue, which isn't my favorite strain, but is a really nice um, kind of racy strain for me. So mixing the two together is a really, really smooth, mellow, but great daytimey kind of high. So it really worked out. I'm not going to give up on the CO2s. I haven't totally written them out, but my heart's with the BHOs, the PHOs, the... Uh, the hexanes and the pentanes, they're so tasty. And they're still just way truer to the genetics of the strain, according to the breeder usually, than I find a lot of the CO2s to be, even when the terps are there. And oh God, are the terps there on this one. Mm, it's a dream. It's got that golden pineapple kind of scent to it, but the goat is a little earthier and it's a little bit more floral to it. Oh, and it's like it's like a, a, a hibiscus flower, like the way you really want a hibiscus flower to smell just super tropical and syrupy and oh, I love it. 
So yeah, look at me. I got some CO2. All right, let's get to some real talk, some cannabis talk. The munchies. Whether you are inducing or avoiding them, it's kind of the same advice, and it just depends on which uh, which way you want to take it. So it all comes down again to your bio-individuality, how you personally tolerate cannabis, and then how you personally tolerate different strains. Some people get munchies every single time, no matter what they are toking on. And some people get them rarely, if ever, once they really adjust to being a toker. I would say that for those people that even experience the munchies some of the time or the majority of the time, it really tends to be strain dependent. And the strain can dial up or down the amount of munchies that you get. A lot of times the kinds of munchies that you get can also be influenced by the cannabinoid profile. So smoking more CBD will give you fewer munchies than smoking THC. THC is the cannabinoid that really helps dial in the munchies. However, when patients were using the pharmaceutical option Marinol, they weren't really experiencing that appetite-inducing side effect. In fact, most of them weren't even getting a whole lot of nausea relief. And that's because that particular physiological response is directed by the terpenes that are often present in many cannabis strains. And that's why sometimes it's strain-dependent, depending, again, on your bio-individuality. Just like sleep, the munchies are a healing response that becomes more heightened because of the THC, you know, sometimes you're supposed to eat your body, things that it's uh, it's got all this work to do, or it's going to need all of this energy. Science have proven that THC does modulate the, the physiological receptors that direct appetite and turn it on and off. They've, they've recognized that it does, in fact, turn it on, but they don't really know how how to apply that information. They're just like, oh, yeah, no, that thing that people say it does, it actually does it. Go figure. Now we have the science and and we can move forward, I hope, yeah. Uh, some more practical type studies uh, that relate back to the terpenes show that the olfactory sensitivity, that is the increased pleasure of smells that your nose experiences might also lead to an increase in the munchies because our nose triggers our hunger. When we smell something delicious, we want to eat it, right? Usually, yes. Or we have some sort of emotional response. That's why I say to watch for the fragrance industry and industrial cleaners. You know, the the lemon scent and the citrus scent isn't in a bunch of different cleaners just because it helps cover the chemical scent. It's also supposed to trigger a happiness response when you smell it. You become associated with that physiological hormonal trigger that citrus, the, the limonene, the D-limonene, can bring out in us. So sometimes cannabis, it's like uh, it's like being surrounded by delicious smelling barbecue, which I mean, maybe if you're like a vegetarian or a vegan, 
maybe that barbecue is just like some delicious corn. Oh my God, asparagus grilled is my favorite. But that that smell of fire cooking and it just, it, it makes you want to eat even when you just eat. You just can't help it. It's that same thing. It's that same thing. And what happens when you are exposed to that can can vary a lot of different ways. Some people, um, it might make them nauseous, actually. So maybe that's one reason that people don't particularly care for it. Just the overwhelming smell. They just, uh, it doesn't agree with them. Maybe if you are a vegetarian and you smell meat, it makes you nauseous. So trying a different strain, trying the asparagus or the corn might be a better option for you. Let, you know, definitely play with it. Play with the different cannabinoid profiles. Dial down the THC, dial up the CBD. That's certainly one way to, uh, to help you avoid the munchies. But if you're very terpene sensitive, you could, again, be a little bit more prone to that strain dependency and the, the physical desire to start eating everything. If you're trying to induce appetite, uh, smoking, vaporizing, tinctures, those are the easiest ways to get it in. And in my personal experience, any strain that has kind of a, a food in its title, in its strain name, tends to give me the munchies pretty much. Not necessarily right away. Sometimes I won't even notice it. Like the golden pineapple, I can smoke that. And then probably 50 minutes later, I, I don't even notice, but I'm I'm kind of scrounging around the kitchen, just looking in the cabinets. Going, I'm not even hungry. Why am I looking? And, and that's kind of a subtle creeper munchie. Whereas when I smoke, I, I had that strange super dream that was great for inducing the munchies, really kind of taking away the nausea of the morning for me and allowing my stomach to be receptive to the idea of food. I actually really enjoy food and I don't know what it was about it except that blueberry strains particularly for me have always been very munchy inducing. Uh, Blue Dream, Blueberry Kush, Blackberry isn't as potent, but if it's a blackberry, blueberry mix of some sort, that's definitely going to be more likely to to bring me the munchies. That's my particular bio-individuality. I can't say that these blueberry strains and blueberry mixes are going to induce the best munchies or or appetite-inducing for you, um, but that's that's a trick that I have found through my own experimentation. When I cross that experimentation with the laboratory testing that is available to me, I can see that um, mixes of apinine, linalool, and myrcene seem to to probably be the most triggering for me. And I don't know the specific ratios yet. And there might even be other more subtle mixes that I'm probably missing because they aren't necessarily testing for them. They're in smaller numbers, but it's a really good trick for me to know if I want to avoid the munchies or if I want to induce the munchies. So I can't get it without experimentation, 
quite unfortunately. And some people, again, they just might always be driven to the munchies. And some people might really need to have a very specific strain that really triggers that desire to want to eat. But I have to say, for the most part, when it comes to appetite inducing, it usually comes down to a quality of life. And just getting the cannabinoids in there, reducing the nausea, uh, uh, just relaxing the pain or the anxiety or tricking the mind, whatever it needs to be done in order to get the food into the belly and, and to move the digestion going, if, uh, if that's okay for you and that's not the issue, just getting the food in is, then most cannabis is going to work for you. Not all cannabis You definitely want to have a whole plant option, but you can usually just kind of like throw some pasta at the wall and it'll stick for the most part. All right, so let's get on to ways to prevent munchies, aka the exact same secrets to not overeating you'd hear if you weren't stoned. That means it's mostly mind over matter. If this isn't an issue of you getting over nausea, if you are a relatively healthy person and you are just smoking some weed to kind of relax and hang out and chill and play some video games, yeah, you're going to get bored eating habits. So these are no big kept secrets that you wouldn't hear from any nutritionist or personal trainer when you're trying to better your personal diet. So mind over matter, really fucking commit to this. Commit to that shit. All right. You're not going to get stoned and eat terrible junk food. You're not going to go to the store and buy a bunch of crap. You're not going to go through that drive through. You are going to stay hydrated. Your brain can already understand thirst as hunger and smoking, especially or vaporizing even can be really dehydrating. How your brain processes this normally can be heightened by the weed and intensified by the smells and colors as we learned, and which I'll have links to those studies I talked about. In a lowered willpower from the THC, it does release some inhibitions, can can lead to you going and getting some jack-in-the-crack at ridiculous hours of the night. So other ways to avoid that, eat well before you smoke. If you know that you tend to get the munchies, know your blood sugar, make sure that you're stable, have some nuts if that's what you do, whatever it takes to make sure that you're really fully satiated. Uh, If you're a pothead like me, using weed to eat a good breakfast can really help still. Uh, I use weed in the morning first thing to make sure that I really get a good start to my diet when I'm doing things appropriately, which I haven't really been doing very much lately of. Been super bachelorette about it, but whatever. Getting off on the right foot can be a really big step towards success. Another one, having healthy snacks instead of the Doritos or the block of cheese or the chocolate and ice cream or whatever the fuck it is that you go to. Having healthy alternatives to uh, to keep those idle hands doing something to satiate that hand-to-mouth craving. Uh, once again, commit to that shit. You're going to get them and you're going to have to talk your way out of them because you don't need it. And then one last bit of advice, you know, do something. If you're just sitting around the house, again, because you decided you're going to blow the day off and get high, 
your chances of succumbing to the munchies grows exponentially, all right? The lazier you are, the more likely you are to start roaming. Some people are like, just get so high you can't move. Sure, that can work sometimes, but that really kind of also depends on the strain of weed you have and the way that you react to it. So, you know, go go hiking, uh, do some painting, uh, do your chores, do some laundry, go out and take a walk or make it part of your sleep routine instead of getting stoned hours before you're actually supposed to go to bed and giving you that window to go back and eat. Um, I don't know that some people might get like the sleep, like they might sleep eat if they smoke weed. I think if you're prone to sleep eating, it might probably bring that out in you. But I haven't heard that being a really big issue for most people. Um, but it's kind of an interesting probable side effect that some people might experience. Uh, so you might want to watch that again. It could be really strain dependent. And if that's the case, experimentation takes a really big play. So you still have options. You still have options. Edibles, lots of options. But that kind of brings us to our safety meeting, which is going to be fucking hobbies, yo. You know, if you're going to smoke weed all the time, you can't just lay around and do nothing. I mean, it's a really stereotypical surprise them. Today, I'm going to be smoking on just a fun time salad. I have no idea what I'm going to pull out. I know there's two types of indica and a sativa dominant hybrid in the jar, but the nugs look close enough that I really don't want to spend the energy trying to tell them apart. Uh, so I'm just going to throw something in and see how it sticks. Throw a butt at the wall and see if it sticks. Oh my god, it's so hilarious when there are videos of that actually happening. Some dank ass sticky weed. Got the hydro. But sometimes it just sticks because it ain't properly cured. That's a no bueno. Oh, I kind of forgot to say too, to say thank you to all the people who reached out and, uh, I made comments on my picture and stuff. Thank you so much for being awesome. I appreciate it. You guys totally rock. And uh, and to any of you who maybe just lurked it, like, that's totally cool, too. I totally get it. I threw it out there. Oh, sweet. I think I got more of a sativa one because I know that there was some cushion there and this doesn't taste quite cushy. Not, not that earthy. There's some spiciness to it. So yes, score. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to, to find the right strain. Like I want to mix it up. I don't want to be smoking the same strain every single time. Be like, how boring. Be like, golden pineapple again. Really, Bo? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's delicious and it's my medicine, but it really doesn't get me stoned. Unlike when I smoked that white buffalo and I listened back and I was like, I'm never doing that again because I could barely talk. I was so slow. <laughs> oh, man, it was bad. It was bad. I sounded stoned. And that's a sativa. Whew.
Okay, I can already tell this one's a talkier sativa. I'm already like, yeah, let's do it. Fucking hobbies, yo. Uh, so one of the things I love to do, I love to color. You know, adult coloring was really big and it was perfect for me as a stoner. You know, maybe getting more physical with it, going climbing, doing yoga, again, you know, walking the dog, something like that. Even getting in the kitchen and spending a good amount of time cooking some really good food, if that works for you. If you aren't me, who just goes in and is like, yeah, fucking nutty bars, woo! You know, but actually takes the time to, I don't know, make some butter squash soup and and sauteed spinach or some shit. I don't know. That's not, that actually sounds really good. Can somebody make that for me? Oh my God. I'm single now. So cooking for myself sucks. I just go out and eat alone. It's totally cool. I haven't done that since cell phones became really big. I mean, not that I never ate out alone, but having to be single and eating alone. It's a lot easier with cell phones nowadays. No worries. No worries. Be like, no, no, I got friends. I got friends. They're all on Facebook right now. Yeah, so find me on Facebook, guys. I'm also on Twitter, Instagram, or you can just leave me a line at the spliffpodcast.com slash podcast is the easiest place to get to it. The Spliff Podcast, that's two Fs, three Ts if you throw in the with it. Uh, yeah, no D. There's no D in it. So uh, remember that when you're looking for me. And I'm around. Hit me up, guys. Next week, I uh, hope to have another interview with a friend of mine that I've been trying to nail down. I'm going to see. I expect her to show up in about five minutes. So I'm going to wrap this up and try and, and nail her down. We'll see. Fingers crossed, guys. In the meantime, go find those links uh, that I was talking about that have the studies and some more advice and Practical tips for dealing with the munchies, along with some other stoner experiences. If you just want to have a little commiseration in the meantime, maybe maybe reading the internet is your hobby to keep you from having the munchies. I certainly do that a lot myself. So let's finish this bowl here real quick. Oh, that was like practically ass already. All right. Well, thanks for splipping it, guys. Ciao for now.